0: listeners, I hope you've all had a lovely week. Welcome to Rising Above Shadows of Abuse, Raza. I'm your host, Grace Oka. Today's our 100th show. Hooray! It's been a great journey. For our 100th show, I have the pleasure of welcoming the delightful and delectable Michelle Laos, a former police officer and entrepreneur, a martial arts specialist a coach it's exciting to have you here Nichelle. welcome thank you for having me i appreciate it you're welcome can you tell us a bit about yourself where do i
1: start <laughs> <laughs> I am a woman of many hats, and although that sounds like so much that I do, they all kind of integrate and work together and it all started way back when I went through a pretty traumatic childhood and it kind of made me who I am today and and you know and before I get there, I guess I should just basically i mean you did do the intro, but I I am an entrepreneur. I own a a small business right now. I used to be a police officer. I was uh, an officer for 15 years. I do have four children and they're all boys, all teenagers. So that's, that's a struggle in itself. That's a lot. (laughs) No, it's crazy. Four boys. And I was heavily into martial arts, fitness throughout my entire life. And I got into that, of course, going back to now when I was a child, I was sexually abused from, unfortunately, from my stepfather for many years. It was for seven years. And it happened from when I was seven years old till I was 14. And when I was 14 years old, I finally broke the silence because anyone who has been through anything like that, you don't know at the time what to do, what to say, you're scared, You're being influenced in so many different ways. And when I was 14, I finally had enough. And I went through a horrible transition, so to speak, because that's such a tender age where you're being influenced on so many levels, be it at school, you're in your teens. It's a very vulnerable age. And I went through lots of hardships, lots of stress, so many emotions. And I can tell you, What started my healing process from that horrific part of my life was I entered a kickboxing gym and it was a little bit away from my home. So I got out of my little small town and I just decided to take a kickboxing class and it was the start of my healing journey because what I ended up doing was I ended up being a competitive fighter in the amateur circuit. And I ended up becoming a teacher, and it just all really helped me because I was able to channel all my emotions in a positive way. When you get into a situation like that, you you kind of have different paths that you can choose. Unfortunately, the addiction, the drugs, the alcohol, or you can go the other path. And that's to me paying forward, that's my dream. My passion is helping others take the right path to healing. And that's what I did. And I didn't even know I was doing it. I just happened, I needed an outlet. Thankfully, that outlet wasn't drugs and alcohol. And for me, it was martial arts. And I continue to do martial arts up until even now. It's all part of my program, all part of my life program. I'm not a life coach, but this is how I do it still. Because with trauma, that lasts you so long. And it might never go away. So every time I share my story or I help someone, it helps me in return. And so that's what really started everything for me. I did martial arts and I always wanted to be a police officer because during that time as well, the police really, really helped me. They helped me in so many ways with the court process, with the arrest process and helping me along my way, finding help. And so I always wanted to be an officer so that I could also, again, give back, pay forward, help other women children, even men, really, in any pain or suffering that may be feeling from trauma. And so it just led into this lovely cycle of not only self-healing, but helping others.
0: Thank you so much for sharing your story. Wow. That leads me to the next question. You were a former police officer. What made you go into the martial arts self-defense industry, especially for women?
1: Well, while I was policing, when I started having my children, I found it very difficult to continue on competitively in the kickboxing circuit. Boxing and kickboxing. I just found it very difficult because there's lots of training involved. So I was heavily into the martial arts I was heavily into the boxing and the kickboxing, and I just had to stop because when you start having children, obviously, they become your number one priority, and I just couldn't do both, so what I decided to do was kind of transition. I loved being able to stay healthy, being able to still work out and channel that, all those emotions in a positive way, as I mentioned before, but I just couldn't do with the time constraints, so what I did decide to do is get involved into fitness competitions And what those were, where it was still that level of competitiveness, which I loved as an athlete. And I was able to train for those on my own time. So I used that, especially being a parenting and learning how to multitask. It was really easy for me as opposed to always being on like the martial arts schedule, which was normally when you have to be at the gym at a certain time, you got to train for three hours. And if I couldn't do that because my kids needed me, I wasn't able to do it. But with training for fitness, that allowed me to do it on my own time flexibility is definitely something we need as parents and at the time as a police officer shift work so I needed something very flexible so I switched over from martial arts to fitness for a while and I just organically grew grew as a coach as a transformation coach I was helping people most of my clients who came to me wanted to lose weight but when you're losing weight I find it's not just Physical, yes, your appearance changes. I get all that. But there's so much more when you're going through a life transformation. So, yes, there's physical components, there's mental components, psychological components. So many emotions come into play because why are your eating habits like that? There's so much, I guess, self sabotage that we do to ourselves that we don't know why we're doing. So, let's go to the root of the problem. And I don't have a psychology background or anything like that. This is just because my pain helped me know where I came from. So maybe I could just put those ideas into other people's mindset and help them along their way. And literally over the last 20 years, I've been just helping people lead healthy, balanced lifestyle, taking their health and their mental health also into account, take care of themselves, learning how to balance everything properly. And with the martial art background that I had, It just all encompasses that whole well-being using the discipline of martial arts, the self-protection, the workout aspect of it, strong body, strong mind, and having that whole martial arts mindset is key. Like fight or flight, what are you going to do if you're in a tough situation? Are you going to fight or are you going to flight? And if you're going to fight, you better fight for your life because there's no way that you're going to let that aggressor win you're going to win. So I'm all about empowerment and it kind of all basically just works together. And that's why I, I switched from policing because I had such a passion for what I was doing on the side and it was taking up so much time that I said, I need to do more. I need to do more because with policing, I would, let's say, make an arrest. Then you'd put the person in jail, let's say, and then they're back out in a couple of days are doing the same thing. I don't want to say I became disgruntled, but it's very frustrating when you're taking bad people off the street, but you don't seem to you know the judicial system needs to change. They're back out on the road or they're back out in the streets, committing the same crimes, hurting the same people. And with what I was doing on the side, it was giving me so much gratification. I was really helping people on so many levels. So I decided to kind of take that full time and I left policing and I, opened up a gym facility. I was helping people continue to transform, teaching them martial arts, teaching them just fitness in general. And it was going so well. Then unfortunately the pandemic hit and when the pandemic hit everywhere around the world, fitness facilities, gym facilities were all shut down and I, I couldn't survive anymore. So I pretty much lost everything. And once I lost everything in like physically, so to speak, I just started to do online work. And I started to take to my social media platforms and talk about things that mean a lot to me. So I use my life experience in in terms of fit, like my actual life experience from when I was younger and on. But also my life experience as a police officer, how did I help people? What calls did I go to? What calls are, are my friends who are still police officers going to? What are the issues? What are the current problems? And also, My martial art background how can i help women protect themselves so it's kind of become this really nice wonderful web of information that i'm just sharing with the world
0: wow phenomenal thank you so much Nichelle. that is quite inspirational because you used your pain you channeled it into positivity and you're using it to help mankind that is fantastic i hope people will learn from this because When you go through pain, what are the lessons learned? What can you do to help others through your pain? You used yours to help other women. You went into martial arts, self-defense, for women to be secured. For example, if they're going to be kidnapped, what are they going to do in that instant? Is it fight for your life, like you said, or flight? wow thank you you. so on your social media most of your safety tips are for children women's self-defense classes and you also help moms create a healthy balanced lifestyle please tell us more about this can you be more specific maybe for children why do you give safety tips for children especially and then for moms?
1: Well in different situations I find specifically women and moms those are just people I relate to because being a mom of four myself one of the important things is you know like your children are your priority and children are just so innocent and they're just so immature because they don't know and that's so sweet in some ways, right? They don't know the real world as it is. And without scaring people, I always say, you're not being paranoid. You're being mindful of the reality we live in nowadays. And it's sad that we have to have these discussions and these safety tips for our children. But given the circumstances and what has been happening in the world, I wouldn't say lately, but over the past years, it's almost getting worse. And so I really feel... The need to share this information, share this with parents, moms, because I just relate to them as a mom. I can't speak as a dad, but my safety tips can also be helpful to dads, but it's just, I can't relate to a dad because I'm a mom.
0: (laughs) That's true.
1: (laughs) But with the kids, it's one of the most important things. Yes. Okay. Let's say I'm getting my house broken into. Okay. What am I going to do? Well, but what are my kids going to do? It's important for them to know the cues and the tips on what to do, because if I'm not home in their home, are they going to like, what are they going to do? Are they going to fight? Are they going to just freeze? And I just think it's really important that we teach our children at a young age, just to be specifically aware of your surroundings. And I know that sounds like such a cliche, but especially nowadays, our kids are so distracted by so many things specifically our phones or our smart devices even texting their friends could be around in a circle and they're all texting each other no one really socially interacts anymore as much as they used to anyways and so all the children are just being distracted and they're growing up in that age so it's almost like remember the old saying the street smart yeah people don't just seem street smart anymore And I'm trying to bring that awareness to parents and bring that awareness to children that these things can happen. And unfortunately, when they do happen, when you hear these things in the news, it's scary because it could happen to you. It probably won't. But what if it does, the victims always say, I wish I could have known before to have been aware of that situation or to have looked up, to have realized, oh, you know what? There was something not right there. Listen to your gut. All those little things that I like to share that are very basic, like my ideology and, and the way I basically share my videos, they're all really common sense things. And I often say because common sense isn't so common anymore. Come
0: on. Yeah, so the that's great
1: true. reminders help everyone.
0: That's true. Hmm. Wow. Common sense is really not common.
1: Mm -mm, Not anymore.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I guess so. With the uh, advancement in technology, people tend to be stuck or glued to their devices. And like you said, they don't really interact face to face. So it's good that you're bringing people to be more aware of this safety tips to be aware of the environment and that things are not always the same. They need to be educated when it comes to things like security. Safety is quite important, especially a younger generation. So that leads me to my next question. What is really our keyless theft, anti-spy detector? Tell me more about this. How useful is it in creating awareness about safety?
1: Creating safety awareness in general is just so important because it affects so many people on so many levels. Even home safety, for example, if you've ever gotten broken into or had your car stolen, it's, I know there's something so personal about it. I don't know, you've come into my house, you've taken my personal belongings. It's just unexplainable and it really hits home. And I really feel that it's important to share safety tips and how it's happening. So to answer your question about like keyless theft, or it's also called relay theft. Now it's basically a device and this ha- the relay theft is actually for cars. And so a lot of the high-end cars now, or at least the ones with the keyless entry cars are being stolen literally right from people's driveways. And what happens is there's a device called a relay box and there's usually two or more people who are doing this theft and one has the relay box and they'll go near like the brick of the house or near somewhere near let's say the front door or maybe near a window that's close by outside and they typically hold that box there and that device basically what it is is it fools the car into thinking that the car's remote is actually inside the car. So what happens is it allows the car to start without actually having the physical key fob there because what's happening is it's relaying the, um, the devices inf- or the key fobs information to the secondary uh, box, which is normally the second person, the second thief who's involved in this They're standing by the car, and that signal is being transmitted from, let's say, the house, which is close to the key fob, and that signal is being transferred to the other box, which is near the car. So the car thinks, oh, the key fob's in the actual car. Let's start it up and drive away. And that's how a lot of this relay theft is happening, I should say. So a lot of times I will tell people how it's done. And I will also recommend keeping your, not near the door. Don't keep them near the door because that signal is going to be easily transmitted. You can also invest in things like, it's called a Faraday box. So it basically protects the signal. So it, it, similar to uh, like aluminum foil is the best way I can say it. If you put your keys in a box with aluminum foil, it it protects the the device or it protects the fob from transmitting that signal. So you can get those. I mean, I've gotten mine off Amazon and they just really protect your key fobs. They also have little pouches that you can actually stick a single key fob in there as well. So that will help. But I tell you, the thieves are getting blatant now. They will mm-hmm. just, if the relay isn't working, some of them are just trying to literally shove down your doornail. there's been so many instances here, at least in my area where They can't get the relay theft to work. They'll just come right up to the front door and try to literally shoulder it in. They'll give the, it actually happened to me personally. Thank goodness I have two German Shepherds and my dogs went crazy and they ran off. And it just so happened because my cousin was staying over for the evening and she had a higher end car and that was eye candy for the thieves that they wanted. And so what's happening is a lot of people do keep their keys near the door or typical places like the front the kitchen counter or on a table close to the door. So all they need to do is shoulder the door in or somehow get inside, grab the keys and then go. So it's important that you take those extra precautions as well, like don't have those keys near the door or have extra protection, be it in an alarm system or a dog. Or reinforce your door. So, reinforce it with a few dead bolts or hinges that have the longer screws that actually go right into the joist, like right into that wood instead of the little ones that are currently there. So, every bit
0: helps to really help protect your house. Wow. Thank you for letting us know that. The thieves are becoming more daring.
1: They really are. Yes. They don't care anymore and they're becoming more violent. And it's scary. And I often tell people there's nothing worth your life. So if they really are just coming for your car or even in a carjacking, if they're coming for something materialistic, let it go. Let it go. Don't fight it. Your life worth it. Material things you can always replace. Or There's insurance and other things have to be taken into consideration and be put in place and I'm talking about like judicially like the the laws need to be tougher the consequences need to be tougher because it keeps happening and it's just increasing now with the anti-spy detector which is I carry that with me all the time well I should say every time I travel and those are really good to have too And, and they're relatively inexpensive they're I guess you want to call them gadgets, but I don't want to say gadgets in a bad way. They're very uh, good to have. And they just help, basically most of them help in finding like a radio frequency. So let's say if someone has a hidden camera or a bug, like a listening device where audio, not so much anymore. I think a lot of it is a GPS signal. So if someone has a GPS signal somewhere to track you and your whereabouts, or sadly, there's been so many hidden cameras just in places where Airbnbs or yeah. hotel, creepy washrooms, like even in public locations, we have coffee shops here where they've found like a hidden camera facing the toilet of somebody who's using the washroom. That's so disgusting. Not that you carry an anti-spy detector around when a ahead. public washroom, but you just have to also be aware that that's happening. So with an anti-spy detector, what it normally does is it sends either like a signal. It's um, it's an electronic device, and it usually yeah. it's similar to looking like a stick. This is a pen, but it just and what you do is you turn it on and you just go around. Let's say you're staying at a hotel and you just kind of look. You 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 turn it on and you kind of scout the room for any suspicious kind of activities or things that you see. With a lens or with a hidden camera, you can actually usually just see it with your human eye. You can see like a lens. Back at you. You yes. can also do flashlights. You can basically turn lights off, turn the flashlight on on your cell phone, and just look around at some places like potted plants, or look into sometimes the outlets now are having things in there. I think someone found one in a coffee maker one time, a hidden camera looking back at you. Picture frames, anything like that. But what the device does is it just helps you uh, with infrared light. Yeah. So it really shine back at you that you can see that you can usually see the actual lens coming through or the light of the lens coming through so it just it's an extra added device that you can buy to help but you don't need it to find these things it's just it's an extra device that helps you out
0: yeah because it means most of these people are invading other people's privacy yes and that's quite scary
1: it's very scary And one tip is if you do find a hidden camera or anything like that in, let's say a hotel room or anywhere is I advise you just not to touch it because if there's fingerprints on there from the person who put it on, just leave it. So I would contact police immediately. And of course, the hotel management or I mean, if you're staying at an Airbnb, it could be the person who's actually renting the Airbnb. So I would call police just in case they want to investigate the person running the Airbnb. It doesn't necessarily mean that's them, but it could have been a previous person who was staying there. But I'm just saying the best person, the best people to call would be the police so
0: they can do their own investigation. Thank you. So whilst being in the police force, did you conduct any investigations on women going through abuse?
1: Many times, many, many, many times. Unfortunately, this was a very uh, common call, whether it be physical abuse, like a verbal altercation or a physical altercation or sometimes very frequently domestic abuse. Domestic situations are taken very seriously with police. I was going to say, unfortunately, there's a lot of paperwork and I don't mean that in a bad way, but there is so much paperwork when it comes to a domestic assault because it's needed. There's so many things that you need to cover because there's been situations where, let's say years ago, where you would just separate the two people. Let's say they were having a domestic dispute. You separate the two people okay, till so their hot heads kind of calm down. And then what will happen in some situations, they've come back and one really hurts one another or in situations people have been killed later on. And so police really had to take a stand on that and say, unfortunately, there's an allegation where there was some assault. or oh, was a You shall be arrested. It wasn't an option anymore. And what will happen is the aggressor, will be arrested and have to wait to the court case. And then the judge can decide at court time, but that separation not only needs to happen temporarily, like one shall be arrested. If there's reasonable grounds to believe that an assault occurred, definitely. And I went to so many that can't really pinpoint any, but a lot happens because it's so sad because usually people in abusive relationships It takes them a while before they actually say something because they're scared for so many reasons, financially, emotionally, sometimes there's kids involved. They're scared to lose their kids. They're scared to lose what they have right now in terms of their life. What's going to happen? There's so much unknown and it's really sad. So there's a lot of support that happens after an abuse, like an abuse call there's so many other agencies that are put into place, like victim services, therapy. That's just the start. And I always tell women that what you're doing is right. It is not your fault. And this is the path. It, it has to start here and, and your path is going to continue, maybe for a long time. But by someone speaking up like that, it definitely paves the way for others to come forward,
0: which is really important. Yes, it is. It is quite important because when the perpetrator does this and the victim speaks up, it will actually encourage other women to come forward, say this is what is going on, I need help, I need support. And there's been a lot of talk about domestic violence in homes because whether we like it or not, it's going to be a serious topic every time because children are sometimes involved when children are involved they are the future generation we don't want to bring up our children in toxic environments so we need to do the needful i'm happy that the state is actually putting in more laws in relations to domestic abuse or any form of abuse whatsoever so this is something that needs to be done because If there are stringent laws, I think that will serve as a deterrent, even for the perpetrators as well. What do you think? I agree.
1: And like I mentioned before, once the laws start to toughen up and once these consequences start to become a little bit more severe, they may think twice about doing any kind of crime. And because really, if they know they're just going to get a slap on the wrist or don't do that or next time people don't take it seriously and it's so unfortunate and and that's what it really comes down to because I don't know how many times like I mentioned before that I would go to a call and arrest somebody put them in jail and they're out the next day why why if it's not a serious crime but it's still a crime get them the help they need with abuse it's a serious crime I, I don't understand why that always, because it's affecting so many things when not just physically, emotionally, psychologically, there's there's so much behind it and it, it really needs to stop.
0: It does. It does need to stop. Not only, like you said, mental health. You, ha- you find out most women go into depressive episodes. They're always very anxious. They're stressed out. So it, it's a very serious issue. And needs yeah. to be tackled. Anyway, that leads me to my next question. Mm-hmm. Um, how can women and girls av- avoid being kidnapped? Since this is also quite prevalent. And for example, I think it was two days ago, a nine year old was kidnapped, but she was found a few days later. A suspect has been arrested, but is still under investigation. So what do you think about this?
1: First of all, I'm so glad she was found safe. Is this the one in the states you're talking about, or is there one? Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah, the nine-year-old. Yes.
1: Very, very scary. I'm so thankful she was found. And in situations like that, again, you—I think I believe they were at like a campground or a type of.
0: Yeah, it was a campground. Yes.
1: And it's like you don't think about these things because I would say. Without going into, I don't know, statistic-wise, I'm just saying, in my opinion, 95%, I'm and I'm going high because I, I'm still a very trusting, loving person, 95% of the world is good. The 5%, and I'm using this openly, 5% of bad people, you just don't expect to happen. You don't expect things to happen. You don't expect these people to be in your backyard, so to speak. You don't expect things to happen. But this is the important thing that I'm telling people: you just never know, so you have to be aware all the time and always, always think that something bad's going to happen without being paranoid. But look in that situation; she just wanted to go on one more loop of her campground on her bike. How innocent! And why That's wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you, as a parent, go? Of course, we're in a safe place. And then 15 minutes later, know that she didn't come back. How scary is that? I can't even imagine. I was sick to my stomach when I heard. My youngest is 10, so I I immediately, like that hit home. But, and this is why I do what I do. I instill it and I try to keep keeping those reminders on social media. Always be aware of your surroundings. If someone approaches you, you don't know them, don't talk to them. Or even if you've seen them before, You still need to be weary of why are you asking me or why are you approaching me in a manner? Why are you touching me? Why are you grabbing me? If Hmm. you're being grabbed or you're being approached by someone you don't know, scream, kick, holler, fight, bite if you have (laughs) anything you can. And in fact, if you bite or scratch, you'll actually, I mean, as gross as it sounds, but I always tell people it's your life or theirs. Exactly. After you have even DNA underneath your fingernails, if you're scratching or if you're biting, you have, it sounds gross, but in the meantime, you don't want to get to that point B. You do not want to get that secondary place because normally things will, bad things will happen in plan B because that first area where you're being nabbed or grabbed or kidnapped or abducted, that's point A. You don't want to leave point A because when you get to point B, first of all, you don't know where you are generally. and no one else will probably know where you are. So I just tell people all the time, be aware, have all kinds of different steps. Don't talk to strangers. I know that sounds so cliche, but it's so true. There should be no reason that an adult would be coming up to a child. Let's say to ask for their help or directions. Why? Exactly. You know? and, and children. If they are, and the kid doesn't answer them. They should understand, oh, that's a smart kid. They shouldn't yeah. be, or it's, you shouldn't be asking. Or I also tell parents, kids, have a safe word, have a family safe word, a, a word that you wouldn't use normally. Let's say, I don't know, a random dog bowl, for example, that's like, it's something you don't use in your everyday vocabulary with your family and have that as a safe word. And if that person who's asking you a question can't, doesn't know that safe word, Or if you're comfortable in the situation and you, let's say, text or call your parents or somebody and you just mention that word, your parents or your close family is going to know that you're in trouble. So it could work either way. If you don't know the code word, I'm not going anywhere with you. And run. Keep a description. If you can, get a description, a license plate number, make, model, color of the car, or any. Physical attributes, descriptions, height, weight. Are they wearing glasses? Any physical appearance? Do they have a beard? Any tattoos? All these things are very, very important for important. the. Leader. And
0: it's- you're quite right. And another thing that's also very important that people tend to neglect when you're going anywhere. Let someone know exactly where you're going.
1: Yes, I love that point. It's so true. A lot of times we just don't. We depend on social media, which you should not share your location or share what you're doing also at the time. Share it later, not at the specific time. You don't want people to know where you are, not only because you don't want to share where you are, but they'll also know if you're not in your house, that's another opportunity to go to your house and do something there too, right? So, uh, but definitely always... Or especially with the the parents, there's lots of apps that you can also download, like safety apps and parenting apps. So you do know where your kid's location is at. That also is, is a really great tool to use. I don't know any specific. There's several good ones. That would also be, but again, a secondary tool. tool you should yeah. always have your wits about you all the time. Keep your head on a swivel. Don't be distracted. Use a buddy system if you are going somewhere. Let's say to school, and you are walking by yourself, or you're going somewhere. Use a buddy system. Let someone know where you are. All those are really important tips to make
0: sure that you ensure your safety while you're out. Yeah, thank you. I'm going to be writing on the show notes, some safety apps, maybe notifying parents where their children might be. The next question is something you've answered partially, but I want to reiterate it again. It's how different is human trafficking different from migrant smuggling? Is it something you can answer?
1: Well, it's something I can answer and it's because they're so closely related, but not actually the same, they do get tied into one another. But with human trafficking, I want to say that it's more about exploiting people. So you're exploiting somebody to make them do something. So be it by force or fraud or deception. So you're actually exploiting that person for many reasons. It could be for sex trafficking. I mean, there's just so many different types, but I would say the most would be sex trafficking, forced labor, or of course, even domestic servitude, like having someone, and a lot of times you will never even know. And they're providing this labor or these services and or these sexual acts because they've been extorted to do so but with migrants smuggling it's a little bit different because they're facilitating the crossing of borders illegally so usually it's nation like it's nationwide so they're allowing or they're they're facilitating them to illegally cross the border of another country to make money so it's a little bit different because they're not being extorted they're being paid to help them cross the border Yes. So, but they can be closely tied together because it's organized crime and they prey on vulnerable people. And it could be for anything, lack of income, no money, or just a really bad situation, or just because where they're living right now, things are happening, whether it be natural disasters and especially nowadays with so many natural disasters happening around the world this, these organized crime rings are taking advantage of that and there's just so much going on things that we know we don't know about and a lot of the times again the victims similar to the abusive relationships won't say anything because they're scared or they're being promised things and a lot of times you won't know so that's when you have to take It upon yourself that if you see something say something sometimes you get that intuitive feeling you have that gut feeling like just something's wrong it doesn't hurt to do a little investigation of your own or keep an eye or i think there's hotlines too like i think that you should go that extra if you're not feeling right about it i really think you should go to that next level i know the us and canada have hotlines there's even numbers you can text I believe it doesn't hurt at all. In fact, no one's ever going to say, why did you call? It's always great to look into if you really feel that something that you just don't feel well about, because a lot of times you can see the signs. Now, it could be something like they're malnourished, victims are malnourished, or you can physically see the signs of
0: abuse. They look filthy. They look dirty.
1: Yes. And they don't really socially interact. They may not answer you fully. Or when they do answer you, it almost seems transcribed or or like rehearsed their answers. Or they don't have papers or documents on them. They can't explain where they came from. Or you can just tell. And I think anyone who senses any type of gut feeling that something's not right, it'll never hurt to to say anything.
0: That's true, because you've been saving lives by doing that. Yes. Okay, thank you. So, who are the biggest victims of human trafficking? And how can police officers prevent such people from being kidnapped or trafficked?
1: I would say, well, honestly, everyone. And that's the thing with trafficking. There's men... There's boys, there's women, there's girls. But I think specifically now, without knowing statistics, again, this is my personal opinion and from just articles I've read and from personal information that I know from the officers that I've dealt with and in my own experience for sex trafficking, I would say women and girls are definitely probably the most attracted in this. And that's just worldwide, I think. Yes, it is. And with police officers, I mean, what normally happens, as with any call, with an investigative situation, specifically human trafficking or even migrant smuggling, there are usually joint operations that are happening behind the scenes that even your general patrol officer just won't know about. Because there's so many different units in a police service, so you have your general patrol And what the general patrol guys do is go to call to call. Now you could get a call for an accident. You can get a call for a break and enter. You could get called to a murder. You're the initial officer that approaches that call. That comes in over the radio, comes over dispatch. That's your call you're going to go to. If it comes from a hotline or if it comes from any other sources, that usually gets filtered to the unit that's dealing with that specific crime. But if you're first on scene, what you normally would do is deal with the imminent danger right then and there. So let's say it was a priority call to human trafficking call, for example. There's been information that there's someone at a hotel that they believe looks fishy. Let's say it's a young person has been frequently attending this hotel with this older person and there's something fishy going on okay so the original officer would go there they would investigate they would ask their certain questions take their notes in terms of like i was saying before is there any physical signs of abuse what's their relationship where's their papers are you guys related you start to do your own investigation as a frontline officer and from there if you see imminent danger that you need to stop yes you're going to take that kid away or like, let's say in another situation, you would always either way, write a report. So you'd write a report and that gets forwarded to the unit that's taking care of that specific crime. Now, in a situation like the one I just said, I probably, if, if I think things don't match up, I would definitely take away that child. And you know what? No one's going to blame you if, if, if all the cues don't line up and you can't provide me paperwork, I'm going to step in. And I don't think anyone would give you grief otherwise, because you are literally trying to protect the child, right? So in terms of police, there's a lot happening behind the scenes. There's joint operations that are happening, not only on like a provincial level, but a federal level. Uh, And I know they are doing their best to really combat specifically human trafficking, because it's just gotten out of control.
0: That's true. Mm -hmm. It's really gone out of control. And uh, like you said, most of the trafficked women and girls are for sexual exploitation. You see them in European countries. I'm not sure about the U.S. and Canada, but it's quite prevalent in in Europe. Mm -hmm.
1: And there's just so much terrible, even baby harvesting is another one. It's like they're actually impregnating girls on purpose and the baby is even sold before it's even born.
0: I can it makes me ill. I've heard several stories about baby harvesting, but it was in Nigeria. I think they arrested some of the culprits, and there were about 25 or 26 young ladies pregnant. Sad, sad. So it's a big, yeah, it's a big business.
1: It really is. Or we'll have recruiting happening. So like a current victim of a human trafficking scheme will go and recruit more people because they'll get a commission from it. I I, I can't imagine what they are going through and just what in general, like that. I was, we were talking about healing before. I can't imagine the healing that goes on after that.
0: It's going to take a long process for people like that. Yes. It's going to be a long process. it's intense trauma.
1: Yeah. Very sad. It is. So I hope that by social media platforms, any that we at least provide awareness to people, like the signs to look for, what you can do to help. What is it exactly? So I think the more people bring awareness to the issue, we'll be at least be able to help a little bit because it's it's gone on too long and it's getting just far too much.
0: That's true. Wow, what can I say? Hmm. So, what advice would you give to women who've gone through any form of abuse? And what are your last words of encouragement to such women?
1: If you've been through abuse or if you were going through it, Currently, I always say, you're not alone, and it's not your fault. And I even say in my self-defense programs, it's never your fault. And if you happen to freeze with all the training that you've done and all the training that you've taken, if at the end of the day, your body just freezes, please, please know that it's not your fault. That is just your natural body's reaction. But I do want to say if you have the chance to take any type of martial art training, any type of self-defense training, you can train at least your mind and your body on a daily basis. Just whatever it is, whether it's psychologically, physically, get your mindset into that empowerment type of thinking. And that way it, it becomes natural. So it becomes a natural way to fight people off or to react. I always say like, if you're going to come to a self-defense class, I love it. I appreciate it, but you can't stop now. Now that you know these skills, practice them. Practice them all the time. Keep them simple. Keep them basic. And just always remember that you never want to get to point B.
0: Thank you so much. You never want to get to point B. Listeners, you've you've heard Michelle be mindful, be careful, be security conscious. October is Mental Health Awareness Month. And most women are not very conversant with their mental health. So it's a big covert for some women. Do you think uh, women should be more aware about their mental health? Absolutely.
1: And it's such a piece of the pie I believe your mental health you need to take care of that mental health just as you need to take care of your physical health and there's just so many components because I find especially lately with all the different things going on in the world the stress and it has such a toll and some of us don't even realize that it does and so be aware of those cues And be aware of all all the changes that are happening to you because there might be a reason. And I truly, truly believe it has an impact on, on our own lives in general. And so much can happen because of our mental health. So definitely take that into consideration. Take the time you need, get the help you need, and of course, the support that you need as well.
0: Thank you. Yes, you're quite right. Uh, But there are diverse opinions when it comes to mental health, depending on the culture. What do you think about that?
1: It's really interesting that you say that. Someone, let's say in, in, in my culture here, we get the help that we need if we need it. And we're open about mental health. We talk about it so often and it's become almost a key word in someone's vocabulary where someone in another culture might sweep it under the carpet because that's what they're used to or that's what they've been told. So I really think it's important almost to come together worldwide. Like how amazing would it be to connect women on a worldwide level, share with that, because then there's no judgment either. Because maybe I would be judging someone like, why aren't you getting the help? You need because I'm just so used to having the help. If it's readily available to me, why isn't it readily available to you? And vice versa. They might think, Oh my goodness, you're actually getting help for mental health. Why? You don't need it. So there might be just a miscommunication. And as always, it's lovely to get a group of women empowering each other from different areas of life of the world and connecting together so that we can be one. Brilliant,
0: thank you. (laughs) That is so true, Nichelle. Women need to come together, support each other, wake up to the great core. Mental health is a serious issue. We need to be more educated about this particular issue. What do you think? Am I right?
1: Totally right, I agree with you completely.
0: Thank you. How can our listeners get to you?
1: Very easily. My first name and my last name. So Nichelle Loss at, oh, actually it's NichelleLoss.com is my website. And from there, you can pretty much contact me any way you'd like. And all my social media platforms, TikTok, Instagram, even YouTube is just Nichelle Loss. Keep it nice and simple.
0: Thank you so much, Nichelle. It's been a pleasure having you.
1: It's been a pleasure being here. Thank you so much for the opportunity.
0: You're welcome. Listeners, that's it for today. See you on our next show. It's been Grace Opa for Rising Above Shadows of Abuse. Raza. Take care. Be safe and be positive. Bye for now.